Thank you very much. You can take your seats. Praise the Lord. Is it not good to be here? Yeah. <laughs> How do you say it's one? It's nice to be here. It's nice to be here. All right. This morning, let's let's get into into the Word of God. Um, we have a tradition in this church of uh, having a, a topic. So the topic for this morning is the devils also believe. <laughs> uh, if you read other versions, it will say the demons also believe. Okay, and the sub-theme there is faith without works is dead. Uh, you must be very alert this morning because I'm going to talk about a lot of things. So please be alert and follow, 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 follow as we go along. Okay, we're going to talk about a lot of things. All right. Um, the doctrine of the devil is a big, big, big doctrine. The teaching about the devil is a big, big, big teaching. And I'm, that's not what I'm going to do this morning, okay? I'm just going to go over the surface quickly about that and, uh, and come to the, the, the things that I want to talk about. But um, the devil, his name is called Lucifer. He was an angel of God. And uh, he caused a rebellion in heaven. And then he was thrown down. And normally, what actually happens, if somebody causes a rebellion, they don't do it alone. They always have others who, who join them in the rebellion. And what happened also with the devil, there were other angels who joined together with him in the rebellion, and all of them were thrown down. Now, something which, will, which confuses, us, confuses us many, many times about the Bible. The Bible sometimes is not chronological. It doesn't start from 1901 and then it goes to 1902 and goes to 1903 and, and so on. Sometimes it starts in 2005 and then whilst you are busy there, it goes to something which happened in 1900. Okay. So now, if you think about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, you'll know that uh, Eve was deceived by a serpent. And that serpent is the devil. So now, in terms of, of the time that it happened, it's the devil came at that particular time. He was thrown down at that particular time. And when Adam and Eve were in the garden, he was already there. Okay. And something which I also want to say, you know, sometimes also which is, which is you know, <laughs> let's talk about this quickly. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody this week when we were talking about some things and, they were, and he was saying, uh, you know, people talk about the devil all the time. You know, the devil made me do this. The devil made me do that. The devil made, you know, and then, and then there's, there's this one that we, we, we like now in the Christian faith. I mean, these days it's the devil is a liar. You know? Yeah, you fail a test, the devil is a liar. You know? Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> so, um, poor devil. <laughs> you know, everything, even if it's not responsible, is being held responsible about it. So, the angels which were thrown down together with the devil, the Bible refers to them as demons. Okay. And demons are not able to exist on earth on their own because they are spirits. So they have to get into a human body to exist on earth. Okay. And something that you learn about uh, the, the demons in particular, and that's why we say they, they also believe. And then Bible says they believe, but they shudder. They tremble. Okay. And now the problem with the devil and the demons is that their fate has been sealed. Their fate is sealed. They cannot repent. They cannot change. They are reserved for hell. All right? So even if they believe, their faith will not help them. Their faith does not help them. And that's why, if you read, you follow the ministry of Jesus, he had a lot of confrontations with a lot of demon-possessed people. And Jesus will not speak to the person who is demon-possessed. He always addressed himself to the demons. And something very interesting is, the demons always acknowledged him. And they even said at some stage, if you remember the men of the, 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 the men of Gadara, you know? You know the story of Gadara? The possessed man who was in the town called Gadara? The demons will even say, why do you want to persecute us before time? Before, because they know their time has been said and they are unredeemable. And then actually there are very interesting stories I mean, if you read in the, in the Bible about, about the demons. Uh, there's the sons of Sceva. You know the sons of Sceva? <laughs> okay, remember I said uh, there are too many things I'm going to say. Ne? Just take notes. If you don't know something, just take notes and then you can go home. You, you'll be like which uh, the Bereans who go home and then they check what was being taught. Okay, I like the Bereans, yeah, because you cannot deceive them. Because they go home and they say, hey, did he, what did he say? Oh, let's see, is, is that true? And they check that, okay. The sons of Sceva, um, they saw uh, Paul um, commanding demons and they were getting out of people. And the sons of Sceva, they said, oh, let's also do this. So they went around. When they found a person who was demon-possessed, they would say, in the name of, of Paul, who... <laughs> and then, uh, this is the sons of Sceva. And then they went into this particular house, and they found uh, some people who were demon-possessed, somebody who was demon-possessed there. And they said, in the name of Paul, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul is preaching. And the, the demon said, Jesus we know, Remember, these are the demons, ne? And when they say they know Jesus, they don't mean that, you know, they heard about him. 
Because they were with him in heaven. Remember that? Before they were thrown down. So that they know Jesus we know. And Paul, we also know. Who are you? And the Bible says when they left there in that house, they were naked. Okay, this demon-possessed man beat them uh, to a pulp. And when they left that particular place, they were, they were bleeding and they were naked. What I'm saying to you this morning, the devils also believe and they shudder. But their fate has been sealed. They cannot repent. They cannot change. And that's why faith without works is dead. So we've got two types of faith. We've got faith and we've got dead faith. And the question this morning is, do you believe like the demons, but you do not benefit from your faith? Okay, now let's check this. If you look at uh, this picture, what do you see? Faith leaders? What do you see? Re religious? Religious leaders, isn't it? You see, you see religion. Okay. And you know, uh, you like that loads? Do you like that loads? You like <laughs> Okay. All right, let's see. How many Christian uh, beliefs, faiths, religions can you see there? Do you see? How many, how many of them? Christian. Christian, can you see? Any Christians? Christians there? <laughs> no, no, they're not all Christians. No, check, check, check carefully, check carefully, check carefully. Some of them here are not Christians. They're not, some of them are not Christians. Can you identify the Christians here? Okay, doesn't matter. It's fine, it's fine. All right, let's talk about, let's talk a little bit about, about religion. Okay. Religion is a big, big thing in the world. Actually, everybody is religious. Even, even scientists, by definition, are also religious. Because religion, okay, let's look at this definition of religion, okay. Uh, then I'm going to talk about a little bit about this, okay. Uh, blessing, next slide. All right. And then on, on the right-hand side, can you identify the religions there? Can you identify them? Okay. By the way, do you know that there's also a religion called devil worship? It's also a religion. Okay. Now, uh, uh, the dic dictionary defines religion as the service and worship of God or the supernatural. 
or is a commitment or devotion to religious faith or observance. Okay, and I just want to talk a little bit about why do we have religion? Okay, and I'm saying to you, even as scientists, science is also a kind of a form of religion. And let me just explain to you what, what I mean by this. There are many things in science that we will say we think or we believe or we assume that this thing happened this way. Okay, let's talk about, for example, the origins, the origin of human beings. In science, we'll say there was a big bang, and then there was evolution, and things developed slowly, and then and then there was an am am amoeba, and then from there, then 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 ultimately there were uh, primates, uh, there were baboons, and then human beings. You know that story, ne? Okay. Okay, I, I don't know. To you, to to me. That becomes a very big problem because if you look at a, 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 a human beings, let's just take human beings, let's leave animals just for a moment. If, if, you, if you, just, you just take human beings, you have got a woman and then you have got a man. Okay. Hey. <laughs> and if this thing has to just to evolve, has to happen on its own, a woman must be... <laughs> A woman, a man must be a man, and they must come together and make a child. That to me, if you want to explain it, that it was just accidental. It's, to me, it's too simplistic. Uh, and then if you just think about just hormones, hormones in the human body, you know, that your hormones will regulate this and the other, and that thing must just happen automatically. I don't know, for me that is too complex. That's why as a scientist, I just, I will have to assume or believe that some, this thing happened accidentally. And somebody said, you know what, to be an atheist, you need more faith. Really, you need much more faith than believing in Jesus Christ. Okay, now let's just talk about why we have religion today. In the beginning, God created Adam and Eve. And something very interesting, uh, those of you, if you follow the news, you know that the Bible has predicted that in the last times, there will be severe weather conditions. There's a, there's a biblical prediction. In science, it's called what? Climate change. And scientists have just discovered that climate change is a problem. They've just discovered recently. The Bible said it. 2,000 years ago, that at the end, severe weather is going to be a problem. And then if you, you, you watch the news now, there are fires, for example, in uh, Canada, in a lot of uh, European countries. And there's something that they say all the time in the news. This is the severest we've ever seen. Whether it's an earthquake, whether it's fire, whether it's flooding, it is severe, and it's because we're living in the end times as predicted by the word of God. And science, we've just discovered recently that that is the case. And that's why I'm saying to you, you need more faith to be an atheist than to be a Christian. All right, so God created Adam and Eve and put them in the garden and then gave them only one rule which said, don't eat the tree in there 
middle of the garden. Okay, and in the middle of the garden, there were two trees. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Those were the two trees. And then the, God said to them, they must not eat the tree of the knowledge of good and evil because the day they eat it, they will surely die. And what God meant there was, obviously you know that I mean, Adam and Eve ate that thing. Did they die physically? No, they didn't die physically, but they died spiritually. They were separated from God. That's why God came to the garden and said to Adam, 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 where are you? Okay? Because he had been disconnected now spiritually from God. Remember when Jesus was on the cross, one of the things that he said when he was crying out, what did he say? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because God was dealing with the question of sin. God was making sure that sin will not rule over us when we believe in Jesus. And that's what, what Uncle Matabala was saying. One of the things that we have when we become believers in Jesus Christ is victory over sin. And by the way, remember, sin is, that is the biggest problem, which cannot be solved by education, by money, by status, and everything else. Only Jesus can solve the sin problem for you or for us. And then, after Adam and Eve were separated from God, after they ate the tree, they, they discovered that they were naked. Okay. And remember, if you read earlier on, in chapter 2, the, the very last uh, verse, Genesis 2.28, it says the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. And then all of a sudden, after they've eaten the tree, now they became, they, they realized that they were naked. Okay. And I just want to talk about this thing, which, is, which, which um, I'll, I'll talk about as, as, as we go along. You know, um, Adam and Eve could not know, I mean, because spiritually, how, how can we see anything spiritual with our naked eyes? We can't. But this uh, spiritual nakedness was manifested to them through their physical nakedness because that is what they could see. Because they, could, they couldn't see their spirit or spiritually. So they are physically, they, they, are, they are spiritually separated from God, but then they can only see that through their physical nakedness. Okay, let's just talk about this quickly and I'll, I'll talk about it as I, as I go along. If you have two people standing one next to the other and the other one says, I am a believer and the other one says, I'm also a believer. Okay, let's, maybe let's put it the other way around. One person says, I'm a believer. The other one says, I'm not a believer. If you look at them, the two people, will you be able to see that this one is a believer, that one is not a believer? You won't be able to see that, isn't it? Okay, but it's all right. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll come back to that. So, so they, 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 are, they, they see their spiritual nakedness through their physical nakedness. Okay, let's talk about this quickly. When people marry, the pastor calls you to the front and say, uh, Cyril and Maria, uh, you are marrying today, okay? And then he, he lays hands on us and says, you are married. Okay. And then we stand there and we say, what happened? 
Wemirit. But I'm still myself. You are still yourself. What happened? Okay? So, there are these things that you can't see with your physical eyes. Okay? And that's why we do things like putting on rings, you know, to, to, to symbolize something that we can't see with our naked eyes. So, you see this ring? <laughs> that's why the pastor says, with this ring, I the word and I'll leave the rest and so on with this ring. So that, that ring is a symbol to indicate that you are married. But the ring doesn't marry you. Did you get what I'm saying now? Okay. So now, after uh, Adam and Eve separated from God, they could see that with their, uh, through their, their nakedness. And what did they do? They looked for something that they could use to cover their nakedness. But, okay, now, let's talk about this quickly, ne? Okay, 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 okay. There are young children here, ne? Uh, let's talk about that. I mean, men and women who are married should not be ashamed of their nakedness before each other. Okay? Because that's, that, that, that can be an issue. And another thing, remember, Adam and Eve, in terms of their nakedness, they were the only two people. It's like a husband and a, and a wife in their bedroom. There were, no, and there were no people there to see them. So I'm just overemphasizing the fact that that was spiritual separation manifested through a physical thing. Okay. Now, what then happened is, from that time, people have been trying to go back to God. People have been trying to seek God. And that's why we have these religions of the world. You know, and people do all sorts of things. They pray, they go on mountains, they do this, they do this in an, in, in an attempt to find God. Okay, now, let, I just want to talk about this quickly. Christianity is one of the most difficult religions to understand and to follow. Okay? Because if you are a Muslim, you are born a Muslim. You are born by Muslim parents, you become a Muslim because you are born by Muslim parents. Okay? So you are born a Muslim. Okay? If it's ancestral worship, okay. So if, if, if you are born, your, your parents are doing ancestral worship, you are born and you are the child of the ancestors. Okay. And you just do what, 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 what everybody is doing. You don't have to think about it. Okay. And then if you are a Jew, you are born by Jewish parents and you are a Jew. Okay. You don't have to do anything. If somebody asks you, what is your religion? You say, I'm a Jew. Okay? And you just do Jewish things. That's, that's, that's what you do. Okay? So it's not complicated, isn't it? It's quite straightforward. Okay? And then if you are a, a, a Buddhist, you just, you are born by Buddhist parents, and you 
just a buddhi, then you just do Buddhist things. That's what you do. Okay. But now, but now, what happens with Christianity is that Jesus comes. All right? He's born by a virgin. Okay? Virgin Mary. And we Christians, but born again, Pentecostal churches, we don't give enough credit to Mary, as the Bible actually requires us to do. Yeah, Mary was one of a, one of a kind. I mean, she, she gave birth to our Savior. She carried our Savior for nine months. Okay, although we know that, I mean, you know, he was there before, like Uncle Natella was reading, he was there before. Okay, and then Mary carried, carried him, and then, and then he lives forever. But, and then Jesus Christ comes, and then I want to show you, you know, the, the, the complexity of our faith just here. When, when Christ is born, I mean, in the uh, Jewish setup, there are rabbis. These are the leaders there. And Jesus at the age of 12, he goes to the temple. And they couldn't believe what this young guy was saying. Because he was God in a human body. And why, 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 why did Jesus Christ come as a human being? Because God is holy, is in heaven. We are sinful here on earth. We needed somebody who could come and become a mediator between us and God. And that person had to be God and to be human at the same time. Because you, you, you can't reconcile two people unless you, you, are, you are in good terms with both of them. If me and Uncle Natala has a problem, and Natemu can reconcile us if he is in good terms with Uncle Matabala and also in good terms with me. So Christ comes, he can relate to us because he's born as a human being, he can relate to God because he's God. And that's what the world says, therefore there's one God and one mediator between God and human beings, and that is Christ Jesus. And then, Nicodemus, one of the religious leaders, sees what Jesus is doing. And then he says, but this man is different. We are religious leaders, but he's different. So he goes to him and he says to him, but tell me, tell me, tell me about yourself. Because the things that you are doing, nobody can do them unless God is with them. And Jesus Christ says to him, and this is where the confusion starts. He says to him, you must be born again. It's not enough to be born Jew. You must be born again. And this man, I mean, Nicodemus was an educated man. He was a religious man. He knew the scriptures. And he said, how can I be born again? And that's where, that's the crux of the matter. This is the crux of the Christian matter. You have to be born again. You cannot just continue as you, you have been continuing. For you to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. God must change you. And that's why, now being a Christian is not, you know, some people will say, if you ask them, when did you, when did you become a Christian? They say, no, me, I was born a Christian. You can't be born a Christian. You cannot be born a Christian. Actually, some people have even said, you know, God doesn't have grandchildren. You know that expression? 
Because you can't say, ma'am, I'm a Christian because I was born by Christian parents. Because Christianity is an individual matter. You can what, what was the song that we sing here? Nobody can worship him for me. I have to worship him for myself. All right, let's read uh, James, chapter, in James chapter 1. Um, James says, If anyone thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, okay, by the way, also her tongue then, eh? <laughs> okay, just to put it there. <laughs> That's not brightly hair tongue. Okay. <laughs> if anyone thinks that he's relig religious and does not brightly his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. So your believing is in vain, is useless, is worthless. So you can have worthless religion, meaningless religion, which takes you nowhere. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, is to visit the orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And what I want to say, and we'll talk about this over and over and over and over and over and over. Everybody is religious. So if you are saying you are religious, it's fine, but it means nothing if it's not accompanied by evidence of your religion. So you can become, you know, men's prayer group, women's prayer, I mean, that's religion. But that religion can become worthless. It can become demonic religion. Remember, and what we mean when you say it's demonic, we mean that it does not help you even if you believed. Okay, let's, let's, let's see. Uh, further. Uh, uh, let's go to the, to the next one. Uh, my slides are refusing to move here. What's happening? Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> reset. I must reset. <laughs> right. Let's check Colossians chapter 2, verse 23. In Colossians, Paul talks about uh, the fact that we can be deceived, you know, by people. And uh, he talks about uh, people who are trying to be religious and so on. And then he ends up by saying, they look like they are wise with their self-made religion. And their self-denial by the harsh treatment of the body. But they are no help against indulging in selfish, immoral behavior. And in Timothy, the Bible says some people have a form of religion, but they deny its power. So, you can have your self-made religion, but the question is, that religion, does it have the power against immoral behavior? Can that religion change you and make you a better person? 
Or can you become a better person because you have that religion? So you can have self-made religion, which is just worthless. All right, let's, let's go to the next one. Um, now, for a long time, people were doing whatever they want to do. Every, every nation had their own religion. And we also have had our own religion as black people. Okay, and let's just settle this, this matter once and, 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 and for good. You know, you don't need Christianity to succeed in life. You don't need Christianity to succeed in life. I mean, to, to have money, to have a house, to have a happy marriage. You don't need Christianity. By the way, um, there are a lot of countries where Christianity is a fraction of a percent. I mean, for example, if you go to the uh, Islamic countries, generally those countries are very orderly because they've got very strict laws that they follow. You know, a woman is a woman, a man is a man. There's no confusion. Actually, for that matter, no, I'm, I'm being serious. For that matter, for that matter, there are people, for example, who live in Christian countries who choose to become Muslims because they see if you're a Muslim, you, you'll have a happy life because there's no confusion. No, there's no confusion. You know, a child is a child, a man is a man, a woman is a woman, a man is a man. There's no confusion. Women listen to their husbands. Yes. No, let's, let's put it out there. Let's put it out there. Let's put it out there. And uh, there are no new rules. You can't say, no, me, I interpret it this way. No, no, I think, no, 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 no. You, your interpretation doesn't matter. We are telling you, you are just following. That's what you do. I'm saying to you, you don't need Christianity. You do not need Christianity to be successful in life. There are economies in the world. I mean, if you go to China, China is one of the best economies in the world. It's actually exceeding America now. And they are not Christians. Hallelujah. <laughs> right. So this is the point I want to make now. So human beings were on earth. They had all people had their own kind of religions. They could do whatever they want to do. And when God sent Jesus Christ now, the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, verse 30 says, the times of ignorance God overlooked. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So, Jesus Christ has been sent from God for all people. And God demonstrated that he sent him by raising him from the dead. Because the leaders of all religions, they are dead and buried. And they are not coming back. Jesus Christ was buried. After three days, he rose from the dead. And the Bible says, he is coming to judge the living and the dead. 
And that is the message of, of Christianity, that we have a savior who has been sent from God to come to us. So now, God commands everybody everywhere to repent, to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Okay, now let's come to this issue, which I want to address this morning quickly. Uh, blessing, Are we, let's go to the next one. Now, there's a big question that we have as Christians. Which is it? Is it faith or is it works? All right. And I just want to give you a, a, just a, a, a little background of the things that we... And that's what I'm saying. Christianity can be a very, very complex religion. Uh, it's very... Can be sometimes, and, and that's why you don't blame people... I mean, if you read uh, in the New Testament, you don't blame people when they get confused. You don't blame Nicodemus when, when he's confused. Okay. And you don't blame the Galatians when they are confused. You know? And uh, even the apostles themselves, sometimes they were confused. Uh, because, for example, I mean, the disciples of Jesus followed him for, for three years. And in the three years, they thought that he had come to set Israel free from the Roman government. And that's why when he was leaving, they said, eh, Oh, we are, we are going. You have not settled the matter that you came to set Israel free. What, what, is the, what is the matter? He said, no, 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 no. It's not for you to know the times the, the, the Father has said. And they didn't understand that he came to save them from their sins. They thought they, he came to save them from their, 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 their oppressors. He, he came as a, as a politician. And that's why, I don't know if you read the Bible, there's a place where some people came to Jesus and they, they wanted to make him their leader. You know, their political leader. Because they didn't understand what he was about. And his brothers, when there were uh, uh, festivals and Jesus was not going, they said, why not you say you're a public figure? Why are you staying? You must go there so that people can see you. And Jesus said to them, you see, your, your time is any time. I've got special times which have been set for me. Okay. Now the question is, which is it? Is it faith or is it works? And I hope by the end of the here we will, we will have cleared some of the things. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8, it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your doing, it is the gift of God. So you are saved through faith. Okay? And then it says in Titus, not because of what we have done, but because of his own grace, he saved us. So let's just clear this one and say, there's nothing that you can do to save yourself. Only Jesus can save you. And you don't need to do anything to prepare yourself to come to him. Because some people, you know, when we preach to them, they say, no, you know what, I'm, my life is messed up. You know, I'm still doing this and the other thing. Let me leave these things, then I will come. No, you come as you are. Because the Bible says your good works is like a filthy rag before God. You come as you are because you can't save yourself. He's the one who saves us. 
And you, you, you can't say, you know, let me go to church, maybe with the whole year, maybe you know what, and then I'll get... No, no, come as you are. Because you can't save yourself. And now, here is the thing, which is very important. When you have believed in Jesus Christ, you have come to him, it is going to show that you have, you have come to him. If you have believed in him, people will know that you have believed in him. You see, Adam and Eve, they were spiritually dead. They could only see through their bodies that they were, they were, they were, they were naked. But the thing was spiritual. Even with us, when you come to Jesus, God does a spiritual work in you. And that's what the Bible says. For those who believed in him, now God has made them his children. We are called by his name. And your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And the Bible says you are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Because you have come to Jesus, you have come to know him. And you know what? Sometimes we, we ask people to raise their hands to come to Jesus. God help us. Raising your hand doesn't bring you to Jesus. It doesn't bring you to Jesus. You, you want to come to Jesus. You always wanted to come to Jesus. You have heard the word of God. Now, the only way that we can see that you are, you are making that decision is by raising your hand. But there are many hands which, which have been raised, but lives have not been changed. Because raising your hand doesn't change you. What changes you is when you have found Christ. And you don't only find him by raising your hand, by the way. You can find him even if you have not raised your hand. And when you have found him, you may have raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand. When you have found him, it will show that you found him. And, okay, we're asking, which is it? Is it faith or is it works? When we read in James chapter 2, starting from verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? You see, if you are a child and then you are rebellious to your parents, you talk back, you do all those things, and you find Jesus, and you go home, and you continue to do the same thing, the Bible is asking, can that kind of faith save you? If you are a wife and you are rebellious, you don't listen to your husband, you find Jesus, and then you go home and you continue, will that kind of faith save you? Because when you have found Jesus, there will be complementary works to show that something has happened to you. You see, when I'm, 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 I marry my wife, then we move in together to show that we are now married. You see, we can't marry and then now she stays there and then I stay there. What is the issue there? Because we are married now. And then now we... <laughs> If a brother or a sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things they need for the body, what good is that? There's no evidence of faith. 
Because faith must be accompanied by works. And it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, He saved us and called us to a holy calling. To a holy calling. Not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before ages began. Not because of our works. We don't know him because of our works. But when we, when, when we know him, the Bible says this, we are his workmanship created in Christ to work in works which were prepared for us before the foundations of the earth. So when you are born again, when you are saved, there are works, there are works that you are going to show. Otherwise, you have worthless religion. Okay, let's, let's go to the next one. Now, I want to say to you this morning and to myself, faith is demonstrated through works. There's nobody who has ever been said that this, this man believed and that was all. Okay, if you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it is a book that we refer to as the heroes of faith. These are people who walked with God. And we learn, and when you, when, when you go to the end, when you go to chapter 12, the Bible says we are surrounded by such a, a big cloud of witnesses. These witnesses are people who, move, who came before us, who believed, who walked with God. And these are the people that we need to look up to. And you read in Hebrews chapter 11, it says, 11, verse 4 says, I want, to sh I want you to see that faith is demonstrated through works. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. He offered. Okay? Through faith, he offered. And then Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken up. Before he was taken, before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Noah. You know the many stories about Noah? Uh, you know, the Titanic was built by experts and the ark was built by Noah. The Titanic sank and, and then the, 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 the ark... Uh, yeah. By faith, by faith, by faith, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, Noah constructed an ark. That was a demonstration of faith. Okay. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he, he was to receive as an inheritance. He obeyed. He went out. Okay. So, faith is not theoretical. Faith is practical. And faith is demonstrated through works. And I'm saying to you this morning, the only way that your life is going to be changed is when you have accepted Christ and you walk in him and you work in these works that have been prepared for you before the foundations of the earth. 
And our faith must be seen by people. And you know what? Let's, let's just talk about this quickly. We have a serious problem. Uh, Uncle Natana, there's uh, somebody I was talking to during the weekend, and I told him that I want to, you to meet him. We must meet him together. I'll, I'll tell you about that. But, but you know what? Let's, let's, just be, let's just be honest with one another. You know that there are, there are many people who are not coming to church because of us. There are many people who will not find Christ because of me who says I have found Christ. And why is that happening? It's because my, our faith is not accompanied by the works that needs to accompany faith. You know, when John was baptizing, uh, some Pharisees came to him to be baptized. And you know, he called them uh, vipers. And he said to them, you must show fruits of repentance. I'm not just baptizing you for nothing. After here, you must show fruits of repentance. And the Bible also talks about we must live worthy, worthy, worthy of our calling. Our faith, if it is not dead faith, must bring others to Christ. And our faith, if it is dead faith, faith without works, it is faith that will discourage others from coming to Christ. So I'm saying to you, in closing, there's no contradiction between works and faith. We come through Jesus, through Jesus Christ through faith. When we have found him, the works must follow. Our works cannot bring us to him. But when we are in him, our works must follow to show that we have actually found him. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to, to come to the fore. And then in verse 17 it says, So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. And in verse 20 it says, do you want to, sh to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by works. May God bless us.